Well, what I have saved seed of, of tomatoes, is 140 varieties. I am now going to trial this year probably another 250. <laughs> That's Penn Parmenter. She and her husband, Cord, live just outside of Westcliff in the Wet Mountains. Their specialty is adapting vegetable seed to the high and dry environment of Colorado. They grow all kinds of things, but tomatoes are Penn's favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to tomatoes. I have a problem. <laughs> By the way, she gardens at 8,120 feet. You know, the Rockies can grow a ponderosa out of a rock, so we can definitely grow food up high. More than just a gardener, Penn is a seed saver. After every season, instead of buying new seed at the store, she collects the seed that has fallen naturally from the plants in her garden. Seed saving immediately gives you results because the seed remembers where it lived, stores the memory, carries it into the next generation. And if you keep doing that, it accumulates that information. So when Colorado has every season is different, every day is different, every year is different, having the seed store the information of all of these different years and different conditions is gold to you. Another passion of pens? finding precious lost heirloom seeds. When you find that old tin of full of seed packets from your grandfather or your great-grandfather or in the house that had a cellar, oh man, you could find a variety that's gone. You could find uh, something the person was working on crossing and you could grow it out and see what it is. It was through her hobby of seeking out old family heirlooms that Penn heard about Pop's tomato. Penn had a friend who told her about a man whose family had been growing an heirloom tomato and saving the seed for almost 125 years in southern Colorado. Um, and what they've done is they've adapted a tomato to the high and dry desert of Pueblo, Colorado, which can be 105 and then drop way down, even into the 60s in Pueblo. So he has this precious tomato that can handle Pueblo, Colorado. The man's name was Joe. And this man was getting older, but he grew this tomato very carefully. He wouldn't share it with anyone who would grow another tomato near it. He was just very protective. Penn decided to pay him a visit at his home in Pueblo. She wanted to add Joe's tomato seeds to her collection. When we got there, he wasn't there. And then he pulled up on one of these big old Hondas with the side cab, or the extra wheels, that's what it was, like the three-wheel Honda thing. And he's got oxygen on. And I was amazed because he had these piercing blue eyes and he was looking right at me, you know, because he knew she was bringing someone over to talk about his tomato. And I could see the tomato plants hanging upside down in the garage. And he pulled his, you know, pulled in there and... And I was a little nervous, too, because I knew I had to get him relaxed and to trust me. Joe told her about his family and about how they brought the seed from Missouri to the San Luis Valley when they came to Homestead. We talked about many things, and he was very wise about what was going on. Um, very wise. Uh, uh, knew, you know, just instinctually, he knew he had something precious. In the end, Joe did trust her. What I told him was I was hoping to preserve this tomato and find a way to get it into a seed bank and get it for the future. And he walked over to those plants and pulled off two perfect tomatoes and put them in my hands. Just a few weeks after that, Joe passed away. 
Flanders. My dad's name was Joseph Flanders. That's Sherry Keys, Joe's daughter, who still lives in Pueblo. A few years after her father died, she got a call from Penn. She called here and we have, you know, we have somewhat of a screening process, you know, at our office. So she's explaining to my staff that she needs to talk to me and um, trying to break through that barrier of, of, you know, she's calling about Pop's tomatoes. And I thought, Pop's tomatoes, this is really, this is really weird. I haven't heard that since dad, since dad passed away. And that was in March of 12. Now, this was sometime last year that she got a hold of me. So it was like, almost like a ghost was calling. She explained who she was and started in about these these seeds and these tomatoes. And she couldn't talk, quit talking about my father mm-hmm. himself and how he affected her and the, and the impression she walked away with about my dad. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned his piercing blue eyes. Now, she basically um, revisited the importance of the seeds with me and made it clear that that was something that I should have held on to. I never thought I'd see a Pops tomato again. When I called and said, but I have the seed and I'm growing it out and I can give you seed, it was wonderful, wonderful, and I sent it to them. Can you describe the taste of Pops? Oh gosh, just sweet and but not too sweet, um, juicy, deep, dark red, and the meatiest tomatoes I'd ever seen. But it was clear from speaking with them that Pop's tomato was more than just a tomato. I asked Sherry how she felt about Penn contacting her. When she said that it could, it could actually um, be permanently noted somewhere, mm-hmm. I just knew you know, he would be smiling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really meant more than just the tomato by the time he was gone. Yeah, he clung to it almost like it was his connection with people that were no longer here, you know, and he owed it to them. You know, you think of heirlooms, you think jewelry and and books and Bibles and, I don't know, old musical instruments, things like that that are passed down. Never in a million years did I think of Pop's tomato seed as an heirloom. And now um, it's an heirloom to us. With help from Penn, Sherry and her family were able to see the seed in a new light, as a little reminder of a frontier family's past. Today, Sherry's daughter lives in her grandfather's old house in Pueblo. She plans to keep growing Pop's tomato in the garden, right where Joe left off. For KRCC and State of the Rockies, I'm Sarah Stockdale.